3: Sophie and I bang on, Jen. Again, a few Me seconds. And Sophie behind. bang on.
1: Cassie, way off. Way off.
2: Like way I was just way <laughs> off. I was bang on bang on with myself. And then I went to make a cup of tea and by the time I'd come
1: back with the cup of tea, Cassie YouTube.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I really oh. missing being inside of the studio now, I have to say. Could do it there yeah. could do with the togetherness soon though say, hopefully
2: if all goes well like a couple of weeks only a few more episodes three more good. weeks isn't
3: it two more weeks three, three more weeks numbers are a bit scary yeah, two. They're a bit yeah like numbers are getting there as well. complacency is setting in people are out and about on South William Street having a great time <laughs> everyone's going to catch a oh, cold is right. what I'm concerned about like all these people sauntering around going out for their outdoor meetups are going to catch well, their death
1: they're gonna rep- they're gonna take back the takeaway points is what they're gonna do
3: i haven't had any like me
1: neither st- in fairness. but like there'll be no more of that they're gonna whip it out
3: of <laughs> the people's don't hands have
1: an urge for it just kind of whack
3: it, like, it. Send, just, it. Send, a, just, send a guy to
2: buy a bag of cans
3: well you I can't get the same if you want to guinness
2: and I'm people want to so support
3: so. their pubs to keep yeah. them going you know
1: yeah yeah but you know who was in a rager grogan's because they 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 weren't doing like you say saying the other day they weren't doing
3: the takeaway point so it was pygmalion yeah they properly closed down because they don't have an outside area but like the other pubs on south william street are like south william street is our outside area so grogan's have done what's proper and closed and not opened in eight months
1: is it not related to menus cass food restaurant stuff
3: yeah, but Grogan's could do a toasty yeah. for nine euro. People would pay for it.
1: True, true, true. Do you remember the congealed pot of uh, English mustard? Do you remember that on every table?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that oh, thing
1: would have been you a COVID h- hotspot. The double dipping that was going on in nothing. <laughs>
2: Especially with a, a dip, yeah. Not a smear because there's no cutlery, just nah. a dip. Um. Yeah, it's fucking... Yeah, it's not long now. It's not long, not long. I've got a creep of the week. Go on, please. Well, it's slightly belated, but don't. Yeah, Uh, I sometimes I get a bit fearful of the uh, DMs on Twitter and I let them rack up a bit because I'm scared and then I go in and I'm like, wait, it's cool. These creeps are your creeps. They just want to help you creep more. So this one came in from Cardi Marie and like about a week or so ago, but basically Russian scientists, have you guys heard about this? Russian scientists defrosted several prehistoric worms
1: and two of them woke up. What? Oh yeah, I remember this. This was fucking amazing. After <laughs> millions. We're talking... Or after towing,
2: they are, they are tens of thousands years old. So one of the worms is 32,000 years old. What? And the other worm is 41,000 years old. Isn't that wow. fucking and amazing? They, they thawed out, and started moving around and eating. I'd say starving. Mm. You know yourself.
1: Isn't that mind, mind blowing? <laughs> in
2: the, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. I mean, what does this mean for Walt Disney? Exactly. Like, it's a worm can. I hate it. to say Walt Disney was right, but Walt Disney's right now. Obviously, we are
1: more complex creatures than worms. But I mean, do you know what I mean, it comes down to? That anti It's happening. Thing? like the, they obviously have some type of antifreeze like all those animals who go into some sort of frozen and can have this natural type of antifreeze that allows their blood the, to never the, never the damage, heart to keep they? moving yeah freeze and we don't have that but, but like, do you remember they were saying you could drain yourself as soon as that you but that doesn't die.
2: make sense jen because like this organism wouldn't Be able to keep itself alive for tens of thousands of years through like antifreeze heart.
3: Yeah, well, well, it obviously did. Like, it's obviously just had enough room in its veins that the blood could freeze. But like, ah, it's mind blowing. It's
1: it's it's metabolism down to such a slow because it could never stop entirely because it would die otherwise. So it would have to have been alive in some fashion during those thousands and thousands of years.
3: I mean. I I think think this is just proof that this would not have
2: died eventually
3: of starvation or natural causes. Yeah, more. This is more proof of the simulation, guys. More simulation proof because the simulation might have only actually been created yesterday and we're programmed with our memories. Or like it started the day before they defrosted (laughs) the worms. So they weren't 32,000 years old. They're a day old with memories programmed so, into your brain uh, no f- from a don't re- question so, it so
1: were you saying that you think it might be dead dead 100 percent dead and then somehow came like it was sort of reanimated like reanimated through just defrosting process yeah i mean that's presumably yeah i don't know that isn't that mind I mean, blowing? There's a lot it throws up a lot of questions
2: it's mind-blowing it mind blowing. does but also honestly
1: like, what, what potential also, viruses could this thing be on those worms
2: mean? that's why yeah I know because like there's an X-Files where um, and then obviously X-Files absolutely factually accurate in one X-Files they release like an old virus from inside a glacier I don't know if you remember that episode but harrowing it was harrowing thank God Scully is an MD and um, on the worm front, though, I do feel sorry for them because I'm like, 2020, it's not the year. It's not the year to re enter the or whole what
1: a, Like, you wake like, up after a thousand years and just live for a day and a half, die. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of What was um, the point? Any
2: creeps of the week, you guys. What was the point? Thanks for that, Cardi Marie. Cardi Marie, I mean, it was great.
0: As, loved it. Instead so of Cardi, Cardi B.
2: <laughs> Cardi Marie? Yeah. Cardi okay. Marie, we love what you've done there. Um class. I mean obviously there's never any shortage of creeps, but I, I don't know, do you guys have any others?
1: No, so bet into by researching my creep, I, I neglected to find any others. Oh class, oh. okay. Looking forward to this. Shall we get into it? What do you have?
2: Pat? I have yeah.
3: I have the one that I did not get to tell last week, which led on to, I think, a new favorite genre of creep for me, which is like uh, catfish. It is catfishing, but it's people who fraud GoFundMes and the stories that they tell for financial gain. Because this time there's a tangible financial reward at the end of it. And it's very satisfying to read about them and also question how many other gofundmes are frauds do
1: you remember that one oh, we well, did yeah. with that creep? So the that guy who lost his hand or the skin off his hand and then he knitted it into a, a mitt in his belly mm. and then there was a creep fund yes. for him uh, sorry a GoFundMe and you donated fund. to it yeah yeah and, and actually i must go back and revisit because that felt a bit fishy you know it felt a bit like a fake one
3: did it did we not I have love pictures how you're, of you're his punching mitten?
1: down on
2: the
0: hand? <laughs> yeah, we did.
2: I love why you've chosen to punch down on the uh, tummy hand oven glove guy. Um, uh, we, uh, yeah. Now we've had like I think I did. I think I did a GoFundMe faker for your one who used the kids she was nannying and uh, pretended they were ill. Do you remember that one? <laughs> not great. We've had
3: a few through the ages. I know
2: she's like It's getting to the point Where like For my story today I legit Was this close To texting Well DMing Harry And being like Have we done this story Because I just Don't know anymore A bit of info For you Jen uh, On your favourite topic Have you heard That um, Have you heard About My Pleasure No It's the name Of a new Centre Parks By the Sea <gasps>
1: Ooh, to is open it?
2: on former Pleasure Island theme park. My pleasure.
1: Yes, my pleasure
2: sounds very erotic to me. My pleasure certainly does sound like a swinger's a dill. It really. My pleasure does. Park
3: sounds even worse. It, it does. Be,
2: it'll. It's going to quote. It's going to put Cleethorpe back on the map. <laughs> As an upmarket holiday destination and move on from the Hot Dogs Rock and Kiss Me Quick traditional resort to be more like a centre parks
1: on sea. Listen,
2: when is it off the map?
1: That's what I want to know. <laughs> um, Beautiful. I cannot
2: wait. I can't wait to see what 32,000 year old. <laughs> Worm is defrosted
1: in that pleasure dome. <laughs> that pleasure dome is about to be hoovered into someone's mouth by way of the swimming pool, and yeah. is going to live uh, live the next six months of diarrhoea. Is okay. what's going to happen? Will I?
2: Um, will I tell you a mini creep? Yeah. Yes. Or do you guys want to? Yeah. We easy. No, tell us mini
3: creep. I'm just going to run and grab my water. Two seconds. She doesn't even want to hear it. I do want to hear it. I just. Want
1: we talked on mother and pod ourselves. So I just left it in, uh, and when you had left, and I just monologued uh, the toilet <laughs> sessions. I, at some point, we should retro kind of edit all the kind of toilet sessions together. Things that were said <laughs> when people were out of the room i know like i would when i was taking that piss during
2: that episode of mother pot i was like this is a sad state of affairs i can't even get through one creep dive live on a thursday night without taking a piss at some point and i go yeah. every evening right before it starts mm. Mama, same look at, this. And look at that it's cool i love it are you dancing no
1: i'm smashing and throwing
2: Ah, you're smashing and drilling (laughs)
3: gorgeous.
2: Okay. Kiss, kiss. I'll see you in a minute. Bye. Okay. That's so So, cute. um, (laughs) This is today's story. Okay. So I uh, can't remember what put me down this hole, but uh, it was something that uh, I remember a friend telling me about years ago. And uh, I suppose it's never been far, far from my thoughts. And then I found this story on a Reddit thread from seven years ago called Because Nobody on Reddit Knows You Are, What Is Your Dirtiest Secret? Um, Love it. Yes. So here's the, uh, here's the story. I have a little brother um, that farted bare assed into my face eight years ago. His asshole puckered and I felt the bubbles of stench roll around my nose and fumigate my sinuses. It was the worst way I've ever woken up. (laughs) Since that day, I've vowed to return the shame. I recently was on Reddit looking at the worst prank, quote, worst prank ever, where you melt butter. Do you guys know what's coming? No. No. Do you remember this? No, but I'm so excited. (laughs) Excellent. Okay, so you melt butter and then you do a shit In the butter tub or sorry, this guy's American. So he's written poop in the poop in a butter tub. Then pour the melted butter back on top and let it coagulate. And then it looks like butter and hides your poop.
3: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to need a second for that. That is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. He, He goes on to say.
2: I did that. (laughs) It took it took about two weeks for anyone to find out about it which side note crazy we absolutely nail through butter in my house. Hold on. We do minimum two pounds a week of butter. Oh yeah same and there's only three of us. For
1: this this family of four it took two weeks for them. Anyway. So everyone in the family other than him he was pranking I take it? Well pretty much but like
2: I think he kind of you'll see now, I think he thought about it later. Hang on, I'll, I'll read on because he covers that. It took about two weeks for anyone to find out about it. We were sitting at dinner and it started to smell a little. The butter had been left out for a few hours and had started to get soft. Oh, yeah, because it's a whatever, two
3: turd like.
2: Oh, yeah. For which, for whatever reason, was allowing the smell of the poop to be revealed the seal had been broken I tried to put it back in the fridge in my embarrassment because I realized how fucked up a prank it was (laughs) and how my family was all eating the butter not just my brother exactly you fucking idiot he goes on to say I am not a smart man (laughs) oh my god. (laughs) my mother is the one that found the poop she took a large knife Knifeful, she took a large knifeful out of the tub, oh, and the God. tip of the knife was brown, oh, breaking the airtight butter seal of the two week old poop, allowing for that most horrid stench I could have ever imagined to escape. The poop had been decomposing for a bit. Oh. Nobody knew I did it because it literally makes no sense. <laughs> pate finished for me forever oh no no more pate de campagne. um my mother tried to sue
0: oh (laughs) oh my god sorry
2: i need to get my shit together for this line my mother tried to sue the i can't believe it's not butter (laughs) (laughs) until i had to admit i pooped in the butter (laughs) i looked around the table after it was said my father stared blankly into the kitchen. My mother stared at me, a scowl on her face, quickly dropping the knife. My brother exclaimed, what the fuck? And quickly left the table. Nobody yelled at me. Nobody even looked at me. They just slowly went outside, the three of them, and got ice cream. When they were gone, I quickly cleaned up the mess, the table, washed the dishes, and went back into my room.
1: Oh, it's so <laughs> now fucking- my family
2: weird don't speak to me no
1: it's brilliant
2: (laughs) hate begets hate don't join the dark side
1: that is like a very easy and simple sort of thing to complete of an evening in a rage kind of you know crafting marathon
3: there's so much thought that goes into that prank there's so many points where you would stop and be like this is too much no no way cas well your butter
1: takes two seconds have a quick shit no time at all reseal I feel like
3: that's Yeah but also under- like hiding well, the, the butter Somewhere timing. while it
1: resets There's
2: timing as well Jen Back Like the bridge. shit on command Like you Yeah Some of us need to Line, <laughs> line it all really up Brew out. a poo And imagine waiting um, For the butter to melt Also I have China. a huge problem Wait a minute I have a huge problem with this I as you know I'm a butter connoisseur Yeah And This Doesn't this doesn't strike me as a good way to do it. You can't melt the butter fully, and then have it reset and it look totally. You're more. right. Yeah. It's it's just like but this are we talking
3: about some sort of butter soup substitute what you need here?
2: Mm. Is to you need to allow it come to room temperature, be very spreadable, very malleable. Yeah, and shove it, turn it into malleable. it. But
1: guys, we know and then we know. You need to. We know that we need to pack it's it in. margarine. It's not butter.
2: Well, you see, you're right. I don't know how that behaves in these conditions. That is so true. We need to do a test. Further to this. Okay. So I was like, I was reading this and I was like, no way. Because I always remember my friend telling me this story. Do you? And I had no idea that it was an urban legend. I was like, fuck. So I was reading this and I was like, but I already know this. So then I went further hunting and I found another post that predates that one by two years and story now this one this one could be the one that that redditor read yeah because he does say he read about it on reddit and so this one is um uh it's originally from 4chan surprise surprise and uh so it says okay um So my flatmates and I have been playing hide the poo for some time now.
3: For those of you who are unfamiliar with the game. I mean, I think you're familiar with the game the minute you hear the title. Like
2: (laughs) (laughs) the point is to take a shit in an unusual spot in the house and see how long it takes for it to be discovered. There have been closet shits, under bed shits, ship shits behind the couch, shits all over the place. However, the greatest shit of all was just discovered. Over two weeks ago, one of my flatmates told us he planted a shit. We spent the day checking our rooms around the living quarters in closets to no avail. Days passed and we lost interest knowing it would turn up eventually. (laughs) Finally this morning, one of my other flatmates found it while making toast. Yeah, not good. He was pulling the knife through his personal tub of margarine when he noticed a small brown streak. No. He scooped around the splotch and there in the bottom of the tub was a greasy brown turd. Our flatmate had scooped out his tub of margarine, taken a shit inside and placed the margarine back on top. Our other flatmate had been eating out of this very tub for the last two weeks, unaware of its human. Oh my God, I'd never
3: eat again.
1: That is yeah. particularly disgusting, isn't it?
3: See, that's the way to do it, though. I think that margarine is soft enough that you're basically just like filling in the gaps like that yeah. poly filler around the shit Because what you want in the tub. is a
2: consistency. The margarine has to be a consistency like softer. You want quite a firm poo. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. Oh, like actually, you know the way sometimes like if your shit was really firm and like you were gliding like a hot knife through butter, it would hit the shit and actually there would be resistance there. Do you know that kind of way? It would be kind of almost meaty, I'd say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cold meat. Oh, it's absolutely disgusting. I don't know.
2: I mean, I have access to a lot of shit um, in my house with Sony and stuff. I should try Test. out putting a knife through different consistencies to see
1: how it would feel please do and report back so, immediately but I but mostly one, oh yeah I want to know about the margarine maybe Google can tell me does like if melted you melt margarine it and then go back it? yes exactly I'll just ask you
2: I mean would it be worth just doing but doing you, a quick okay, home so test further to my um further to my investigations I found another thing that predates both of those posts oh. from 2009 and I got extremely fucking excited when I discovered that this original one from 2009 is, is your, Irish. Is your yes. friend? Is
1: Irish.
2: Like potentially so. your
3: friend who told you originally
2: no because that friend is English Oh right So this is Do you guys know um, Shit what's his other channel called uh, Nostril
1: Shorts Never heard, You've of, heard of him
2: Yes You know all the Daniel O'Donnell um, clips D.O.D. The deep fakes You know like Yeah of Daniel O'Donnell like Singing Flickin' The Flicking My Bean song Yeah and There's like a really good one of Hosier Singing his version of Wet Ass Pussy um, It it's the same guy, I'm pretty sure. But this Sorry. is called "Dry Ad, Dryad's Saddle.
3: Are we, are, are, are I used they?
2: to work with Nostril. Dan, is that his name? No. It's not um, the guy with the beanie who used to, and the beard.
3: Yeah, very talented. Uh, yeah,
0: is that him?
3: Yeah, Gary. Oh my God, this could be him in the... Uh, in the vid
2: will I play you the vid yeah it's just two minutes okay it's called butter poo and like the visuals are absolutely stunning so everyone does need to go and YouTube butter poo just anyway
0: Toilet seat. I was gonna take a piss when it suddenly clicked that this plan of mine was involving shit. So I stayed there for a while and I pushed the, the fucker fuck out. Now I'm gonna tell you what it's all about. Step one, take
2: some butter from the fridge and put it in the microwave. Step two, put it in for one minute until it's all lit with aid. Step three, take your bag of food and
3: put it inside the top. <laughs>
2: Some really good dancing there.
3: Incredibly talented. Incredibly talented.
0: <laughs> now I'm dancing on the floor in a random house. And I'm waiting until I can take the butter out. So I break dance out from the
2: room. And it's looking like the butter poo's ready soon. So I take it
3: from the freezer and I stick it in the fridge. Is it time for
0: step five? Yes, I think it is. Step five. The that.
2: Oh, that leg hop very cool. <gasps> oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look who's there at the window. Into the Nissan micro there.
1: <laughs> Thank you, that was glorious. <laughs> but fucking absolutely disgusting in every way. <gasps>
2: it's Jen, the visual in that video. Yes.
3: That oh, so, is. Yeah, it's,
2: it, oh, that's perfect. It's slide the slide uh, The one of the poo floating in the melted
3: that butter. That one. And then when it's set and the spreading on the toast. Yeah.
2: I find the melted butter one more offensive. But maybe it's just because I know that it's not real butter.
1: I think it's the shock um, of it. it after, and then, the you know, the, the knowledge that you've. This is not the first time you've had a sandwich.
2: This is not my poo butter rodeo. Yeah. Um, I can't. I'm so amused that I didn't twig. And I actually went like on a big hunt to be like, who is this guy? I need to find him. Sophie, it's him in the video. He used to to sit. I know. you didn't recognize him. He used to sit behind me for about a year. He sat behind me. And we
1: had great lols. Yeah. Lovely guy. Lovely guy. Sounds lovely. I'm in touch with him. Can't wait. Obviously, a small amount of sicko vibes. But you know that's welcome. Uh, kind of cute, though, isn't he? Well, whatever you're into. Uh, so I think that would, that's would you like my creep? Now I need to yes. get laid. Out yes, of please. Me. It's in no way poop-related, but it might be somewhat. Uh, okay. Do you guys know anything about pigeons? Because I'm about to fill your head with them. Not enough,
2: didn't you? That's that's the yeah. extent of my knowledge.
1: Well, yeah. you are totally wrong because they are fucking amazing. Amazing. Right? Here's another thing that you may or may not know. Do you know what pigeon racers are called or pigeon collectors?
2: No. Pigeon fanciers. Colomini. Pigeon, pigeon fanciers. fanciers.
1: That's what they're called. That's their legitimate name. It's fucking bizarre. This came up in the news recently. It was on the journal. I can't find the the article. That kind of set me off down this train. But uh the train just never fucking stopped. The information uh, available about pigeons is unbelievable and do you know anything about pigeon racing oh here's the bit in the news some pigeon was sold a pigeon for some colossal millions right What? exactly a famous pigeon racer a pigeon very good at racing other pigeons now it was in china but this kind of shit also happens here and in the uk so here's what they do you get your pigeons, you bring them up to 13,000, no, 1,300 miles away, okay? Yeah. You release them across the channel sometimes, the English channel. And whoever gets home first gets home, is the winner. Yeah. And huge bets are placed. Now, up to 80% of the pigeons released will die on this race, which is where Peter has a problem with it and is considering it to be cruel wait for this as well so pigeons will mate but do the pigeons know they're in a race no they're just no. trying to get the fuck home oh god Homing pigeons which is sad and pat so they get out they panic and just fly in the direction of home and they're completely accurate they can fly home and they have been in this kind of cage imagine that so i can't even find my fucking <laughs> like... car in dundrum car park and uh, these I'm pigeons just laughing. <laughs> I'm just laughing at you answering that question about do the pigeons know they're in a race? <laughs> of course not. No, not known to be competitive. Uh,
3: but they're fucking. Unless race. they're like training them in little jerseys throughout the year and they're like, your big day is coming, you know what's coming. And they start by like taking them, obviously, that's how they train them. They take them further and further away from home throughout the year. Well, they oh, do I that fantastic. like
2: a montage of pigeon training set to the rocky
1: music. Have dun, you heard about this dun, thing? Dun, dun. I remember having heard this before, and it's a very sad brace yourselves here. So it's called widowing. So pigeons, like swans, will mate for life together, just one male and one female, not all of them, but some. And uh, so so the pigeon being monogamous in the early days, so they're in the kind of race in your man's, let's say, Des's back garden and he's got a male and a female and they move in together into a little box and that's their territory the romance mm-hmm. blossoms pigeons do little dance and kisses together and it's lovely <laughs> okay then enter race race man what do i call him des des so des is like i'm gonna widow this pair and what no. they do is they exploit is the widow this fidelity in a process they exploit a widow, their right? happiness and their love, yes, or widowhood. So they split up the birds. One is taken thirteen hundred miles away across the Channel Sea or the English Channel, and uh, <clears throat> they're flying home to their partner. Jesus Christ, going to die, but isn't that dreadful?
3: Or How has there not been a Disney musical about this?
1: I mean, there really should be. It's yeah. like the mice. So anyway, they're fucking amazing birds. They were one of the first to become domesticated. So uh, so this has gone way, way back. And guess who had a pet pigeon, loved him dearly? Only Charles Darwin. So pigeon breeding, very common in Victorian England. And uh, good old Darwin, massive passion for birds that we know already. Had a pet <laughs> pigeon, loved it more than anything else alive. Who else had a pet pigeon? Only Tesla. Nip-nock oh test. your
3: favorite? yeah
1: as we know not massively you know kind to the animals except no. this one fucking pigeon okay so it was some type of pigeon rock pigeon re- regular one but it was all white and uh he's quoted as saying i love that pigeon i love her as a man loves a woman and she loves me when <laughs> i really hope he a-
3: did a- not love a pigeon in the way a man loves a woman depends <laughs> It
1: I don't know. When she was ill, he said, "I knew and understood." She he motorbirded to- her.
3: Uh-huh. Ah, very good, Sophie. Very <laughs> good.
1: You. She Thank came God. to my room, he said, and I stayed beside her for <sighs> days. I nursed her back to health. That pigeon was the joy of my life. If she needed me, nothing else mattered. As long as I had her, there was purpose in my life. Pigeon died. Reportedly, he was inconsolable. Did he take it out on an elephant? Oh, here's a weird thing. Yeah, probably. And it's small, and a whole army of cats. So uh, he also, do you ever hear about, so Tyson, you know the boxer?
3: hmm. Mike Tyson, yeah. Also, massive pigeon lover. So he, well, he's got him. mad loads. He's like, he's one of your zoo keepers, yeah, amateur zoo keeper.
1: Guy. So his first fight, wait for this, he's getting bullied in school, had his pet pigeon with him. Uh, bully took the pigeon out of his hands ripped his fucking head off and tyson <gasps> beat your man up and that was his first fight over this oh my fucking my god pigeon. pigeons jesus much much more intelligent so they can do that they can go from as far away as 1300 miles and they like they're flying on average about 60 miles an hour so they're pretty incredible and as we you know about their kind of so sports fans in Greece, you remember back in the Olympic times, the ancient Olympics, they used to, mm-hmm. people, you know, Sophie might've won the slingshot. So they'd write your name, Sophie wins discus. gold in discus. Uh, definitely discus. The discus.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah. And they'd
1: you. send this pigeon around or these kind of army of pigeons and that would tell everybody who won what in the Olympics. Yeah, carrier right? pigeons. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Also, enter World War, oh, this girl, share have you heard of this name no it? pigeon fascinating right homing pigeon who'd been um donated by the pigeon fanciers of britain by use <laughs> it's never <laughs> enough for
2: uh, some crack i'd say
1: <laughs> for use by the u.s army uh, signal corps in france during world war one right so this pigeon had been trained by american pigeoners and is famous for delivering a message in this battle i'm about to tell you about right set your minds back to world war one where it's october 3rd 1918 and more than 550 men trapped in a small depression on the side of a hill behind enemy lines no food and no fucking ammunition they're also beginning to receive friendly fire from allied troops who did not know their location so their own fucking men were bombing them so they were surrounded by Germans. Loads of them were killed, wounded. So 195 men were left. They were not captured and not wounded by the end of the engagement. But so because the runners were consistently intercepted or killed by Germans, like the men on foot, uh, the, what do you call the head of the, this guy? Major Charles Whittlesey, right? This Whittlesey guy began dispatching messages by pigeon. I mean, how finickety under pressure of being bombed would it be to write on a miniature piece of paper and then roll that piece of paper around the foot or leg of his pigeon and then seal it? And was this a stray pigeon? No, no. These were... No, they, they had to be trained. Donated pigeons. Yeah, yeah. yeah these were oh, pre-trained yeah, sorry. by I the thought fanciers thought he was also back in trying pra- to catch from. pigeons. No, no. They had like... So they were, these were the last resort. They'd been sending <laughs> lads out... Because uh, they had to also, they were trying to get the attention of the planes above that were bombing them, that were there, fucking on their side. So anyway, it was th- oh shit. No. Was very bleak. I'm and sorry, I'm Queen of Hits the super tonight. His hands shaking, you know, trying to write these miniature message- oh, messages. Jesus, yeah. Okay, bird. He managed it once, and the pigeon carrying the first message. The message said, "Many wounded. We cannot evacuate." So the bird took off immediately. Shot down dead. Right. absolutely oh, no. he's back looking for his pencil oh, no. shaking his shaky hands another pigeon gets rolled up and he writes another message men are suffering can't support be sent pigeon gets it onto the pigeon pigeon takes off immediately dead shot down on the ground he was like get this oh, is fucking right the I'm artillery i'm picturing him throwing
2: the pigeons into the air like a grenade as well mm. <laughs> so then yeah, just coming me. right
3: back down so there was like those videos where they release doves at wedding and they just exactly get eaten up by a plane or something immediately (laughs) just like a
1: puff of feathers (laughs) um but anyway enter the woman of the hour pigeon share amy here she comes dear friend in french and he was like he took one look at share and said you're the bird for me and he writes a little message on the piece of paper wraps it around share's leg and she chair is ready to be released, okay? And it's taking off. So sharem e is taking off, and he's watching. The rest of the lads are watching her, and they're like, "Come on, share! Come on, share!" Boom! She's shot. Right? They're like, <gasps> "We're all out of pitch."
3: Keeps keeps flying. Cher gets back the
1: fuck up.
3: Oh my god! Boom!
1: She's shot again.
3: No. Down again.
1: Up she fucking gets and she's off oh my right? god right so cher and me tried to fly uh back home the Germans saw her so anyway she was going for it she took off and she fucking got to she got that message delivered at this point cher had been shot in the chest she'd been shot in the eye in the face <gasps> she had no eye <sighs> uh wait the the one leg carrying that little message uh Written on onion paper, it says here, and I'm imagining that that might be the skin of an onion. What do you think? Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, <laughs> that one leg had also been shot. It was hanging on by a no. shredded tendon. Okay. Ooh. But Cher fucking made it. So anyway, she she made it. Her met, the message said we are. It, it gave the location. you are along the road parallel to here. Our artillery is dropping barrage directly on us for heaven's sake stop it is what the message said and that she got the message through she was a fucking hero she became the hero of the 77th infantry division army medics worked to save her life but they were unable sadly to save her leg they did in fact though carve out of a series of matchsticks a fake leg (gasps) so Uh, she had that strapped on her um uh, for a while and uh, then she was treated to a lovely cage and she was taken around the place. And uh, she just sort of lasted maybe another year and just died after that. But a fucking, fucking hero. And uh, she was awarded all this kind of stuff after the fact. And, you know, she was considered to be a hero. She saved nearly 200 uh, people there. Absolutely
3: incredible.
1: Maybe someone had her husband somewhere somewhere you know, maybe that's how they did it back then or they were just trained in a particular location. I don't know. But isn't
3: that fucking amazing? I th- isn't that amazing? That's amazing. A little piggy yeah. that's been shot three times and lost a leg. Still... It's unreal. Still did got it. Got her way Saving home. all those
1: med And wait for this. These mad bastards in Japan, uh, two psychologists Um they were, at two college. they earned a Nobel Prize in 1995 for training pigeons in a lab setting to recognize the paintings of Monet and Picasso and to distinguish between them, right? The pigeons <laughs> were even able to use their knowledge of Impressionism and Cubism to identify paintings of other artists in those movements. Isn't that fucking mental? Later, one of the, that is one of the psychologists taught other pigeons to distinguish watercolors from pastels and in 2009, uh, an experiment on captive pigeons he borrowed were shown almost two dozen paintings made by students at Tokyo Elementary School and were taught which ones were considered good <laughs> and which ones were considered bad so it, oh my God, it's so harsh on those kids children it's very japanese a isn't pigeon it? <laughs> has damned your efforts i feel like just like get them in get them in young the pigeons them. like well this this bad. one feels
3: derivative this I'll is bad
1: honest. i could literally go on days here casper i, I want to hear your story you swallowed
3: it last week but this, this thingy- a, that's an inspirational story though i've loved that absolutely oh, that, loved that it. was stunning i'm just There's googling the images we never knew you they taxidermied her afterwards and they, 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 they did, looked yeah. majestic. She's a kind big, of like. Big, big pigeon. Yeah, well, she survived
2: a Are lot. Are you body
1: shaming the pigeon? I think she just looks bigger than the pigeons that I know. But maybe she was sort of much better well fed or really looked after. I don't know. I am, I am, Sophie.
3: I body shamed the pigeon and I'm trying <laughs> back to back Incredible. Okay, so uh, this tale. Um, Comes from a journalist and a podcaster called Sarah Trelevin. Came uh, via my new head of research. So this is great, by the way. Hi, Trell even it's a weird name, from Nova Scotia. And this has opened up this absolute amazing can of worms. So she wrote this piece um, called I Watched My Friend Dying on Facebook, but it was all a GoFundMe scam. Awesome. yeah so real gripping so wait wait was
2: um, did, was it all a GoFundMe scam in the title of the piece
3: I watched my friend dying on Facebook but it was all a GoFundMe scam is her chat headline actual actual headline Skin so I mean loads out. of this is a personal story so I'm just going to read you through her um her experience and then we we'll, we can touch on some other fantastic go. Or else I might save those GoFundMe scams for future stories because there's so much in them. They are.
2: Yeah. they be a good life.
3: Truly incredible. Um, Dig
2: into this one. I want to hear as much as I can about this.
3: OK, so these are Sarah's words. So several years ago, I watched my old classmate Cindy was publicly dying on the Internet. I did this on Facebook where her wisecracking, self-deprecating tone suddenly gave way to a somber third-person announcement that Cindy had been secretly battling chronic inflammatory something polyneuropathy. CIDP is the name of the disease, right? So it's a neurological disorder, which one of those ones that has an assortment of symptoms and side effects and all that jazz with it you know one of those good solid illnesses um so sarah says that before this she didn't actually really use facebook she just kind of like checked in and out of it but once she saw this was happening she was like glued to facebook and was like watching the whole story unfold she says that they weren't actually really that friendly they had been acquaintances who had known each other since middle school and high school one of those kind of friends that you're connected with after secondary school we all have them so they reconnected on Facebook in 2014 when Cindy had sent Sarah a friend request and this was just shortly before the announcement that she was um, was ill Sarah said she hadn't thought about Cindy in about 15 years but had an affectionate recollection of her remembered her fondly um, had a vague awareness that her family was slightly dysfunctional when they were growing up um, but that she had, was like a really good humored person when they were in school she had like this slapstick humor um, she was the kind of like class clown and as Sarah went through her other Facebook posts before she'd been diagnosed with her CIP, CIDP she realized that she was just like a normal happy person had grown up was like going to weddings having girls nights she worked in childcare. she had a nephew like just a very bog standard normal facebook page
2: and she, they're kind of in their 20s now probably.
3: um i think they're about in their 20s early 30s i'd say if it's been about 15 years and they haven't reconnected they've reconnected after they knew each other in kind of middle school yeah late 20s early 30s Cindy was one of these like oversharers on Facebook. So she had like talked about her openly with her struggles for weight loss, and um, how she was single. She had an event where she invited all her friends to a wedding where she planned to marry a bag of jalapeno and cheddar Doritos. Sounds like a hero. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, she's just one of these people who makes like self legendary self deprecating jokes, but like, you know
2: follows them
3: through yeah exactly but just after she was diagnosed and the announcement that she was ill she disappeared from her own facebook feed as her close friends and advocates took over and started posting on her behalf they also created a new page called help save cindy's life to update cindy's friends on the fine details of her health she built a tight-knit community around her and around her illness and everyone started rallying around to support her the prognosis for her CIDP quickly worsened and naturally a GoFundMe popped up so that her friends and family could raise money to purchase experimental medications and um, her general day to day drugs and stuff can I ask just
1: a quick one Yeah. so she had she had contact with this girl, as in chat? Is Not really. I think just and then just a, a
3: friend request and like the typical. Gotcha. I imagine like liking and like you know liking and sharing things back and forth. So a lot of information started popping up on the GoFundMe page. Then that's where they were kind of they were using that to sort of like update her general community and her friends and family on what was happening. So in November two thousand and fourteen. They posted the GoFundMe page saying Cindy lost her sight completely, went into organ failure, suffered a massive stroke and as of recently wow. the nerves in her brain had been affected and leaving her speech impaired. So oh, Cindy wow. went into total seclusion. Pictures showed her in her bed at home wearing a surgical mask with IV tubes attached to her arm. It was noted that CIDP has no known cure but there was some home pegged to an experimental stem cell transplant. The only thing that was keeping Cindy alive was a cocktail of experimental medications that were not covered by Ontario's public health care system, which isn't that unusual for experimental treatments for medicine, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So people were like really committed and like really rallied around to help her so there was this like frantic energy all around her. people quickly throwing money into the GoFundMe and um doing fundraisers and talking to each other and like asking for updates and support so like people were posting on their walls saying cindy you have so much support from everyone who knows you never be afraid to reach out and ask any of us for help and um, you're a true fighter and i believe you'll get through this be strong be you like the kind of stuff that you would post. I mean, obviously it's easy to post things publicly and I'm sure loads of people were messaging her privately as well. But like that is how you'd react if someone you knew. Oh yeah, had you'd have no reason to leave anything
1: totally. under untoward was, was going on. And what kind yeah. of money had been raised at this point?
3: So the goal of the GoFundMe was one point six Canadian one point six million Canadian oh. dollars, which was about oh one point two million US dollars but cash now it didn't get to that point but like cash poured in so um, a couple of months into it it raised 126,584 oh, yeah. Canadian dollars oh, Jesus. with one supporter one friend of C- Cindy's apparently even selling his home to keep her going
1: what? what? Oh my yeah. God. So he must have been a very close friend if he...
3: Yeah. So um, hang on.
1: Just before... So real people putting actual money into this GoFundMe was happening.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Jen's never paid a GoFundMe in her life. That's a, <laughs> totally untrue. <laughs> but uh, That is a lie. That, is a, that lie. is a lie. But you know what? This is so interesting. Because like I throw money at different bits and bobs that come up. Do you know that kind of way? Like, I'd see people sharing a GoFundMe. Oh, yeah. And I'd just be like, oh, Oh, whenever there's a sick child, I'm like, there,
3: there, there. There you go. Take it.
2: There you go. Take it. And like, I definitely do not look very much further. And I remember like, definitely a fake GoFundMe doing the rounds of Irish Insta about a year ago. Oh, really? What was that? Oh, really? Was it outed? Um, Yeah, but the page disappeared um yeah it was uh I think what happened was as far as I remember uh this person got in touch with like a couple of influencers being like will you share my GoFundMe and like this happens all the time yeah Uh, even like people have asked me to share stuff sometimes and like uh so people shared it. Just just taking well, it. Yeah. That it was a sick child. Obviously you're just going to do that. Of course that. you would. And then it transpired. It was a, a con. A scam. Oh, no but way. We must even, yeah. even.
3: See when so, I was younger. When I was in my early 20s. I had a friend who had cancer. And he did. We we did a GoFundMe for him. Because he did go off to the States. And get this stem cell. Yeah. Transplant yeah. thing. And, but we raised like. 250 grand for him to go off and do it over the course of like successful? two years no was R- terribly R- sad R- but like it gave him another year year and a half uh cassie
2: that that's um your friend who wrote that beautiful essay about aren't you no
3: no that's a different a different one oh, right okay yeah.
2: cassie wrote a beautiful essay everyone go find it
3: it's on rogue um that's a different dead friend which is very sad <laughs>
2: Yes, I'm sorry for lobbing that into your evening. Anyway. Okay, so what about any more sadness from your past? Oh, there's is just loads. Like there's bring just,
3: up? Uh we'll skip over it for now. I'll save it for the lives till it's nice and deep <laughs> and awkward. Um so Sarah was saying that through Facebook she learned that Cindy's fight with CIDP actually started a couple of years earlier. So since 2011, she'd been largely suffering in silence, her escalating symptoms unknown to those closest to her until the situation suddenly became dire. Um, her medications were costing over $7,000 a week. Wow. And if this treatment regimen could somehow tip Cindy into remission, one of Cindy's missionaries explained that she would become a candidate for a stem cell transplant that would save her life. So they had to raise funds to keep her on this 7000 a week drug thing so that she could like ease out a little bit so then she would qualify for the stem cell treatment etc but the treatment itself it was going to take place in America and that's the thing that was causing the the bulk of the GoFundMe that was deemed to be half a million Canadian dollars so um, it seemed like a massive ordeal to go and raise loads of money but they were doing it A woman named Hillary, Cindy's best friend of many years, led the fundraising page, drawing on her intimate knowledge of Cindy to inspire others. She's truly one of a kind intimate knowledge of Cindy. She's truly Mm. one of a kind and with a heart bigger than this world. She wrote on the GoFundMe page. She'll do whatever she can with the resources she has to help others. She's always paying it forward to family and friends and her community. She is passionate about human rights and equality. Never afraid to stand up for what's right. With her incredible sense of humor, determination, and love for everyone, Cindy has gained the love and respect of so many, and always leaves a lasting impression wherever she goes. All right so like she seemed to have genuine human friends who knew her in person, who were genuinely trying to raise money for her. Like I kind of I went into this anticipating that she was had created this community of fake profiles. Who were running this GoFundMe page? But these were mm. seem to be genuine people.
2: Ah, these have been verified. Um, can I ask uh, about her family? Has her family come up at all? So, for Sarah?
3: Th- uh, Sarah says that Cindy's family were kind of like dysfunctional when they were younger. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But I've, there's there is her mother comes into the story. Um, So there was loads of fundraising events organized, a bottle drive, an evening of fun of laughter, a comedy show at a local nightclub, um, indoor roller skating. Um, Help save Cindy's life page on Facebook had a shop now option where well-wishers could purchase donated goods like handmade beaded necklaces or reflexology sessions. So like Hmm. good people just doing nice things. There were hundreds of supporters um, and they were using all the online tools available to them to try and raise money. There was a garage sale done online through Snapped. Um, YouTube videos do, where Cindy displayed the generous gifts friends donated and medical equipment she was able to buy. In addition to GoFundMe and Facebook, the support group, which included friends, acquaintances, and some of Cindy's family members and other more distant connections, sucked into her orbit, turned a 32auctions.com to sell donated items, including Niagara Falls Gateway, a pampered pooch deluxe kit, a dog bed, and organic treats costume. you wouldn't jewelry. want that yeah um and sarah says that of like with the items that are up for auction and being sold she was watching her old classmates um buy them and donate them so like she knew that there mm. were real people involved in this um so in mid-march of i think 2014 cindy's caregiver took to facebook to announce that one of cindy's friends in spectacularly loving and shocking gesture had sold his home to keep Cindy alive. The price of the house was never disclosed, but according to Cindy's nurse Chris, reduced to sell against the advice of his real estate agent, um, so if this didn't like if this didn't inspire you to you dig deep and, and donate more then what would?
2: Yeah, you're an asshole. Yeah, but
3: despite all of the money raised. Am I the asshole? Because I won't sell my house to save this girl for a reduced price. (laughs) Um, So despite all this this support, Cindy's condition was worsening. Um, Her home nurses, there were three men named Tom, Chris and Jeff, who never appeared in photos or seemed to have their own social media profiles. They were the ones taking over Cindy's account to update people on her condition. Um, And they would share small details here and there about her condition was getting worse. So in December 2014, about a month after the GoFundMe was launched, Nurse Tom posted a warning on Facebook, one of many such warnings that would continue into the spring. Cindy was rapidly deteriorating and desperately needed the money to keep her alive. We don't know if she'll be well enough to get her stem cell transplant, but let's give her the best life we can while she's still with us, he wrote. Please dig deep into your hearts. Instead of that morning coffee, would you consider donating that dollar in Cindy's name? I'm begging all of you. I see her every day and what she goes through. The pain, the IVs, the 32 oral medications, the aches, the chronic fever, the internal infections, the tiredness, and I hear her silent cries behind closed doors. Help me save her, please. I am asking, begging with all I have left to me. What, like, an emotional Jesus. plea to raise money to save this woman.
2: yeah. And the thing is, like, he's describing it in such detail that like almost everyone would have a loved one who had gone through to some degree maybe some of that stuff. And it's so fucking manipulative. Isn't it? Mm.
3: Um, so the illness still, despite it all, continued to get worse. And according to one update, she was hospitalized against her will when she had a bad reaction to new medicine. And then she'd be airlifted to another hospital. She was chronically short of life-saving medication and repeatedly just weeks from death. A local firm run by Sarah's father's... by a father of a friend donated... Uh, drew up her will pro bono and donated 800 Canadian dollars. This happened then frequently as well. Like local businesses were using... were donating to Sydney Cindy, instead of their usual annual charities or whatever. Um, so her Sarah says that her um fight against CIDP seemed to be both like absolutely valiant and miserable at the same time like she was fighting and inspirational but losing a battle um in a video she posted in December 2014 she depicted her illness as a race against time uh she had hero by mariah carey playing in the background of the music and nurse chris posted with an update (laughs) saying cindy woke up crying and grabbing at her breathing tube the doctors removed it and she was breathing on her own with her left hand she felt her body and felt the wires and tubes i was holding her hand telling her i was here with her she is a miracle maybe she was a miracle she's still alive but not long after that cindy went blind one of her nurses um all of whom clearly adored Cindy, commented on the the arrival of some cash that had been mailed by concerned friends. Cindy was severely weakened. The Post noted that she had taken the money out of the envelope and used the braille on the bills to count it and was immediately overcome by the generosity.
1: I mean, she learned braille in record time, considering her... Absolutely.
3: Um, and she's a hero. She is. She's She is a hero, right? So this is going on. That was in December 2014. Conditions kind of worse loads of fundraisers going on then in april 2015 a garage sale that was um scheduled to go on to raise funds was cancelled just um inexplicably cancelled so the supporters of the page were outraged and they asked about you know why and 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 what were they going to do and what about the failure to raise funds and how could they cancel something so um, suddenly and without reason and what were they going to do and suddenly all of the social media updates on Cindy just stopped so people were like commenting on the page being like, can you just let us know if she's even alive and if she is does she have enough money to pay for medication please let us know to ease our hearts and minds so like people are really invested in this um, mm. but in the effort to raise what had happened was in the effort to raise Um, awareness of the page and the fundraising one of cindy's friends had contacted the media so uh, they had turned to a local newspaper called the hamilton spectator and a reporter named nicole o'reilly started to write the story and started to not like just generally doing a human interest community spirit story just started um asking questions so was interviewing Cindy's best friend and sister, but neither of them would provide any sort of concrete details about her condition. And Nicole mm. said, the more I kept asking questions about what medications she was on, the more names for doctors, they couldn't give me specifics. They told they me I couldn't suspicious. interview Cindy because she was immune compromised and could no longer speak. We kept going round and round and I wasn't getting answers that made me feel like this was solid. So, she started to feel suspicious but instead of doing like she just killed the story but then one of her colleagues contacted the police and then in May of 2015 everything fell apart. A Cindy Facebook supporter who's also happened to live nearby posted that he had just seen Cindy leaving her apartment (gasps) neither blind nor confined to a wheelchair. In fact, she was walking on her own carrying a basket of laundry. Carrying a bag of money. They had just been Completely and utterly ripped off, swindled. So
1: has someone got a choir ma- singing close by?
3: Oh, they're they're probably singing in the office. There, Fergal's and trained opera singer, and it's it's that's it's what a really I'm nice hearing. addition. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> stunning. Um, so later in May, basically, Cindy just went quiet, just completely mm-hmm. went offline. Just ignored the whole thing as you would, and Cindy's mother uh, was the one who had to come out and create a, you know, write a short Facebook post saying that the investigation was ongoing, that Cindy was fine, but that was on May seventh, and the same day she was arrested and who? Uh, charged. Cindy or the mother? C- Cindy, and she was charged with one count of defrauding the public. Um, one. Yeah, fined over 5000 Canadian dollars for faking a neurological disorder in order to profit from crowdfunding efforts because the threshold for fraud in Canada's criminal code is divided into either under or over $5,000, which okay. seems funny. Okay. But yeah, she was only charged... Um, so how did get nothing? And what about all the money?
2: Not about, about all her the sister money. Sister so and her mother, everybody
3: in on it. They must have been in on it. So That's a police glass. investigation led by the regional police department determined that Cindy never had CIDP. She was never dying. She duped a couple of unwitting close friends into helping her fool hundreds of people online they found but the internet including the platforms she utilized and the ease of creating an online community of supporters who had no hand knowledge of of cindy's illness had done most of the work so that was her defense was that like she only oh, intended to dupe a few people but it and got out ball, of hand
1: yes the train left the station oh, and she was like i can't yeah. stop oh, this right. fucking thing now she did she withdraw did she draw down the
3: money from the fund? um i i mean i yeah like i assume so that it was and
1: does she does she have to pay it back
3: no um, she no. pled guilty to a charge of theft under $5,000 and together. with no prior re- record was sentenced to two years probation including mandatory counselling. One report indicated that she had no supporters in the courtroom. So the father of Hillary, who was Cindy's best friend, read a victim impact statement. And um, Oh my so God. there was a what about ban the then. Who so sold Cindy's. His
2: house? What about your man and his house?
3: Cindy's name has been changed in this story because there is an enforced ban on this discussion because of Cindy's mental health history, which makes it really difficult to kind of like follow up and see exactly what had happened and where it goes and what her actual history was. Um, and and it's unclear about how much money she genuinely took down. Um. But they did, police did seize a storage locker full of donated goods and medical equipment. So she did buy medical equipment, and she was possibly accepting just for the, update. Or or accepting donated medical equipment. Exactly. Um. So, yeah. And then oh, she was s- probably
2: raging every time some, like, medical oh.
3: facility donated equipment. Yeah.
2: She was like, for fuck's sake, sake, I need the cold, hard cash. Now I have to eBay
1: this. I just can't yeah. believe that she would be able to rope other people in... To this horrendous fucking exploitative venture. I know. I mean, she had it's one thing
2: just lying to strangers over the internet, but yeah. lying straight into their face. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, no, it oh, led, sorry.
1: I, no, her sister and her a sister. I her think her sister and her and her must have been were in, were on in on it. Because
3: they, they to, weren't like, yeah, they I weren't know, putting but I'm the journalist's of off. Oh, yeah. yeah. And her.
1: Yeah, quote, yeah. Quote, I know I'm talking about oh, quote, quote,
3: but um, it led on to like a few interesting reads about women who who fake their illnesses on the internet, and like the most um, common age, or like the 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 most consistent, is white women aged in around twenty four who fake an illness on the internet. Yeah, that's and, very interesting. Um, yeah, there's this one. Uh, University psychiatrist Mark Feldman who has come up with this term Munchausen's by internet which I obviously adore
2: yeah we had that before do you remember when um, we were talking about the Deer family
3: yeah that was the case of Munchausen's by internet stunning Um, and his quote on the matter is that when men act out they end up in prison but when women act out they end up in doctor's offices hmm Hmm. This I mean,
2: is that because the men are doing something a bit different? Absolutely.
3: <laughs> but like it's uh...
2: not to quibble with um, a PhD there, Mark. But
3: And it's interesting because they then go in to dissect this particular case and say that, you know, it's more complicated than just being about greed. Like part of it is the sympathy and the attention that comes from people caring about you and people rallying around you. And mm. wanting to support you,
1: yeah, what yeah. disturbing as all it's the fact that we could... and
2: also the way it maybe starts as one thing and then snowballs into another. It's incredibly like not sad to um, justify it in any way, but it is kind of like exactly like you're one with the Alan Rickman tweet and uh, Harry Potter. Uh, except nothing like that, because that obviously was quite a benign situation. And what was that? This is quite dark. Do you know, remember? Um, I'm sure Cassie told it on the creep dive once uh, about this. Uh, when Alan Rickman died, there was like a viral photo of him with a, a quote, of, supposedly of his sorry. That yes. was like oh and when God. I'm in my. Yeah. Harry, are you still reading Harry Potter or oh, yeah, whatever? Something <laughs> like a story
3: that someone had caught him on the set. Reading Harry Potter, and they were like, "Are you actually rereading Harry Potter or something like that?" And he, it was always, which is like,
2: and he was like, even when I'm old and in my bed, always or something. Yeah, like
3: that. which is and then like it he'd never read. It. Which is like the when Snape is <laughs> dying, spoilers in Harry Potter, and they're like, "You you were in love with you know Lily Potter oh, the whole time," Lily. and he's like, "Always." So like the whole crux of the story was that he was forever in love with the Potters. Anyway, it turned out that he had never read the books at all
2: hadn't said this remotely that it had been like taken out of context by some fan who would like Entered a competition or something, Cass. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was and a it, comment. And it just like, I mean, it was like reshared. Like We're now not only poorly
3: researching down. news stories, we're poorly referencing stories we've previously told. <laughs> oh,
2: but that's from two, two years, years ago. ago, I'd say. Yeah. yeah, no shit. That's so funny. So like that, but not at all like that is my point. Exactly. Um, but wait, I do remember that that dear family story That started as one thing and totally snowballed as well, I think. I remember that being a part of it. Like, do you remember that one? She'd invented, like, about 20. I think they decided it was about 28 uh, sock puppet accounts in the end. Yeah. She had, like, she had the GoFundMe for the little kid in that story. But the little kid was, like, a later addition to the kind of whole mythology she'd created. So she didn't set out, just like this one potentially, didn't set out to dupe like mass dupe people rather just but it gets a good to, defense to i
3: didn't mean for it to get so big i didn't mean to raise so much i didn't mean to rob so much money from the people i was
1: too successful in and now I, i'm interested about why
2: and luckily canada doesn't like punish
3: business. this shit at all apparently yeah exactly. i wouldn't mean, you
2: just be raging if you sold your house for that little bitch
1: Well, that was another
2: wonderful story. Thank you, Cassie. That was hideous and brilliant. Thank you,
1: Cassie. And uh, thank you massively, obviously, every week to our patrons who keep us going and join us every Thursday for the most chaotic mad crack ever.
3: Yeah, keep the crick. (laughs) <laughs> what
1: keep the creep lit
3: someone someone joined patreon the other day and was like there's 82 episodes there to listen back on now i feel that's inaccurate it couldn't be right i don't think that's right but there is a lot wait i think that's correct cassie hardly I mean,
2: has it been like 80 weeks since we said it all? no
3: well uh,
1: hang on there is 84 posts now some of those posts are linked some of to those news, posts but- are yeah I'd but say there's you like know seventy there. hours of content. There. I'd say
2: conservative guests might be fifty, like, and
3: therefore, yeah, seventy hours. Exactly, loads right. of things in there. If you haven't it's had enough, so much, go you on. Over. reach
2: the end of the back catalogue. Get over there. There's loads more because I was thinking then as well. There was another story and then I realized it was a Patreon episode. Do you remember the your one was faking all the baby showers? Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> she had a GoFundMe for relief where she wanted people to donate like. Gionic oh, yeah yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, Oh, there's
2: so much of this crack. So, you know what? Join up for four quid a month and you can have access to more GoFundMe
3: creeps. And if you want Mother of Pod, go to broadcast.talltales.ie where you can get the special six week pandemic parenting I mean guide is probably a loose word to use here but aural support
2: support. aural support slash grossness per usual okay dive in Bye. Bye. bye
0: hi I'm Daniel founder of pretty litter